This is episode number 136 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannard. Hey, welcome to Fearless Presentations. I'm Doug Standard, CEO of the Leaders Institute, and this is the podcast that helps you become a fearless and professional speaker and presenter. This is episode number 136, and on, on this session, I'm going to talk about a topic that's becoming more and more in need as the COVID virus lingers. It's about how to make Zoom meetings more interesting and more interactive. In fact, I'm going to give you seven turnkey things that you can do to make Zoom much, much, much better. Now, the podcast is brought to you by Fearless Presentations. By the way, if you want to see how to implement the text techniques that I'm going to talk about on the podcast today, then we've got a virtual Fearless Presentations class coming up in September. I can't tell you how surprised that my instructors and I have been at the fantastic results that we're getting from the virtual Fearless Presentations class. Uh, I mean... I believe that I, I, at least so far anyway, I think every single person who has attended the class so far has given the class a five-star rating. Uh, so if you want to eliminate public speaking fear, if you're going to want to get really, really good at designing and delivering professional presentations, then this class is for you. Now, at the time of the recording, I think there were only six seats left in the September session. So if you want to attend, make sure to register really quickly. For details, just go to fearlesspresentations.com. All right, so let's get on with today's podcast. So the topic today are seven fun ways to make Zoom meetings more interesting and really to make them more interactive. That's how you make them more interesting is to make them more interactive. Um, you know, for instance, if, if your Zoom meetings are kind of, you know, well, blah, <laughs> you know, you want then then this session is is for you. If you want to make them more interesting, want to make them more interactive, more interactive anyway. Um, we're going to talk about seven of the best tips that you can use to jazz up that next online meeting. Um, just keep in mind, as we, as we get into the tips, keep in mind that anytime a conversation is one-sided, it's going to be boring for the listener. Now, that's, that's true whether it's a Zoom meeting or an in-person meeting or if you're just on a date with your significant other or just chatting with a friend. Anytime the conversation is one-sided, anytime it's dominated by one of the, the people, then it's not really a conversation, right? It's, it's more of a monologue. So a good conversation is a dialogue. It's not a monologue. I'll give an example, like one semester in college, I mean, I know that's a couple of decades ago now because I'm getting really old now, but I, st I still remember it. I had an 8 a.m. marketing class lecture, I guess is the best way to describe it. And at any given moment while that class was going on, I could look around and see at least 60% of the kids that were in the class that were my age drifting off to sleep. And a lot of my classmates, you know, a lot of times they would just show up to that class in their pajamas, you know, um, very few actually showered <laughs> before they came to the class and, and, you know, and, and most of them, you know, most of us, we just kind of showed up however we woke up. So we weren't really making ourselves very presentable. Does that sound familiar by the way to you guys after attending some of these zoom meetings at, at your companies in the last few months anyway? Um, 
The next year, though, this is while I'm still in college, the very next year, I drew an 8 a.m. business law class. And I was expecting the same type of type of atmosphere. This I, I tried to stay away from the 8 o'clock classes back when I was that age. But, you know, there were a couple of classes that they were only offered at 8 o'clock. And so I had to take them. But this class was totally different. No, no one really wore a suit, you know, but the entire class was dressed in, in what, what a company today would call business casual. I mean, folks were, we were a little bit more dressy for this one than, than the marketing class. And the professor, he didn't just lecture us. Instead, he, he asked us questions. In fact, each one of, each, each, in each one of those class sessions, I think we did as much speaking during the class as, as what he did. So my question to you is, which of those examples that I just described really um, epitomizes the Zoom meetings that go on at your your company or your organization? Um, if it's the earlier one, then we got some work to do. If it's the latter, you're probably on the right track because um, the things that, that we're going to cover in this session are going to be things that you can do just quickly right away to make these Zoom meetings much more interesting, make them much more interactive. So one of the first things that you can do to make the meeting go a lot better is actually occurs way before the meeting ever starts. It's to give your team clear instructions ahead of the of the actual meeting itself. Very few things are more embarrassing than showing up for a camera meeting when you were expecting an audio meeting, right? So, you know, at first, you know, that uh, you got the time that it takes someone to log on to Zoom and notice that everybody else's cameras are on is only about 15 seconds. So it's very, very difficult to shower, fix your hair, shave, get dressed, and tidy up your kitchen in 15 seconds. So that makes it much harder. So you want to give your team a cordial heads up that the cameras are going to be on during the meeting. Um, you can do this, by the way, just in the calendar invite. A lot of times when you're setting up a Zoom meeting, it's going to give you the option to, to set up a calendar invite for all of the attendees, which is a good idea to do. And it'll say something like, you know, if I'm sending one of these out, it'll say, Doug Standard has invited you to a Zoom meeting. Um, and what I like to do is add in the, um, the, the details about kind of what we're going to cover. I might put in the agenda, but I'm, I'm also going to put a warning in there. I'll put something like, not a warning, but a recommendation anyway. I'll put something like, you know, this will be an interactive meeting delivered entirely through Zoom. To participate, it's best to log in by a computer or laptop versus a phone or tablet. Your computer will need to have video and microphone access to, to be able to interact with your teammates. We'll try to wrap the meeting up within 30 minutes. See you there. You know, so something really quick and easy like that in the invite will help make it to where the folks who receive the invite, they go, oh, okay, the boss wants us to use our cameras. Oh, the boss wants us to use our microphones and that kind of thing. It's not going to be just a, um, a conference call or something like that, like we're used to in the past. Um, usually this little warning, by the way, ahead of time will fix many of the, the, the pajama people, the muffled hair people, the eighties rock t-shirt people that, that show up. So if you find that one of your team members has a less than professional appearance on your, on your, you know, your staff Zoom calls or something like that. You can always just talk to that person personally outside of the, the Zoom session. If if multiple people or if you're seeing this um, start to get out of hand, it's okay to give a global suggestion during one of the meetings if, if you've got, you know, three or four or five people that are doing it. But most of the time, just sending out the warning ahead of time will kind of fix a lot of that. And you don't even have to do the awkward correct people after they've made a bad decision <laughs> situation anyway. 
So the second thing that you can do is create a, a written agenda and then assign roles in the meeting ahead of time so that people know exactly what you're expecting them to do. You, you really have to make the assumption that your team doesn't want to participate in the meeting. Now they may, and there may be people that really like to talk, but if you make the assumption that they don't want to participate, then, uh, and then you do things to help them want to participate, you know, you're trying to persuade them to participate, you typically do a whole lot better than if you expect everybody to participate and then they don't, and then you're kind of up the creek, right? So the real value of a Zoom meeting or any other um, um, online platform is that you get to see each other and interact face to face. So you want to give your team members some FaceTime during that meeting. You don't want it to be just you speaking. You want them to get some FaceTime as well. So one of the things that, that I like to do in my meetings anyway is I like to identify three to five major points that I want to cover in the meeting. Most of the time, just because I don't want my meetings to run really, really long, I'll typically limit it to about three. If it's short things that I'm going to be covering, I might you know do a fourth or a fifth point. But basically, you just want to cover just the most important things that your, your folks need to know and then add those meeting points to the calendar invite. So just like the invite that we went over in point number one, you want to add in, hey, these are the five things that we're going to cover. These are the three things I'm going to cover. Um, the, don't assume that just because you put something in there like, you know, one of your bullet points is project reports from team leaders. If you put that into your agenda, don't assume that your team leaders will actually prepare a report, right? So instead, what you want to do is after you send the invite out to the entire group, you want to contact each one of the people that you want to speak on the meeting and, and prep them. It, it, it doesn't have to be anything elaborate. I mean, it, it can be done through a simple Slack message or a tech message that says, you know, hey, Jane, can you give a two-minute update on the Permian project in the meeting tomorrow? You know, something to where you're giving them a heads up that you're going to want them to speak. And if you, even if you just do that a few times, even if you don't do that with everybody, you just do that with a few people, then now when, when you, you're asking for those, those team leaders to give the reports and the first couple give a really good, well-prepared report, then most of the time the other ones will catch on and they'll, they'll give you a pretty good report as well. If you just kind of put out on the bullet point, you know, team leader reports, then um, you're, you're going to ask them to, um, you'll ask them to give the report and you'll hear a lot of, no, nothing new to report this time, boss, <laughs> right? Or, oh, things are still great. Yeah. Yeah. I got a lot of things cooking. Yep project's going well, right? So it'll be very vague if you, if you kind of put people on the spot or if they haven't had a chance to prepare. The more that you can get the people in on the, the meeting to give you, to, to do more of the talking, the more interesting it's going to be for them, by the way. So a third thing that you can do to kind of jazz up your Zoom meetings is when you are getting people to respond and they're starting to talk, the folks on your team are starting to respond and they're giving you things that are kind of vague, ask them to give you an example. So you want to remember that stories and examples, they're, they're way more interesting than a monologue. So when you're trying to get your team to interact more by giving reports, sometimes the speaker will get kind of long-winded a good way to help that person present better and to also reduce his or her nervousness is to ask them to give an example. You can just say something like, oh man, that sounds interesting. Uh, can you give me an example of that? Really quick, really easy. This light coaching basically interrupts the, the boring recitation without embarrassing the speaker. 
And, and typically, you only have to do this a couple of times before the team kind of catches on. Many of the upcoming speakers will start thinking of examples for their reports as well. So let me give an example. Let's say, for instance, that, that somebody is starting to get a little long-winded, but they're not really saying anything. So they may say something like, a lot of times we use platitudes or generalities or, or vague terms in reports. So we'll say things like, Oh, you know, well, we've we've cut expenditures on all of our marketing campaigns uh, because of of reduced return on investment. The positive return is coming from social media, but it's small right now. So our marketing team is brainstorming new ideas, though. I mean, if you think about it, that that person really didn't say a whole lot. There's really not a whole lot of specificity. That's fairly vague in general. So you can help that person present a little better by by saying, "Hey, what, can you give me an example of what you're talking about? What you're what you guys are doing on social media?" And then a lot of times, what's going to happen is that person is going to think really quickly of a of an example. Yeah, yeah. In fact, the video team recently created a, a YouTube video that we really like. In fact, uh, here, let me let me pull it up and show it to you. And now all of a sudden, they're sharing their screen and they're more involved. So. A lot of times, if you get the person who's who's communicating with your group, if you're you're one of your team members, if you get that person to get to a specific example, it makes it a whole lot easier for them to present. It makes the meeting more interesting. It gives the people who are listening more beneficial information, and it helps your job as a leader be a whole lot easier as well. So the fourth thing that you can do is use the Zoom breakout rooms to get participants to interact more. Zoom has a revolutionary feature called breakout rooms. What this does is this allows you to reassemble a big group meeting into a number of smaller meetings. So this is a great way to make your Zoom meetings more interactive and, and more interesting because the bigger your Zoom meeting is, the less likely people will want to talk during that meeting, the more of a monologue it becomes. The smaller that the group is, the more intimate the conversations, the more that they're going to feel comfortable kind of speaking in the meeting. So for instance, let's say that you've got people from, from uh, in, on your Zoom meeting, you've got people from the sales department, you've got people from marketing, from logistics, and maybe finance on a single Zoom call. And each group, has maybe five or six different team members. So you're talking about 20 or so plus people. So you as the leader can break the, the, um, the group into breakout rooms by their departments. So you put all the salespeople in one room, put all the logistics people in another room, put all the finance people in another room, put all the marketing people in another room. And then you give them five minutes to come up with the top three things that have happened in their department since the last time that we met. Now, before you, before you send them to the breakout room, you let them know that they need to nominate one of their team members, preferably not the team leader, to give a report to the big group based on the discussion when they come back. So they got five minutes to do it. So the neat thing that happens here is because you just give them a really short time period, like, you know, five minutes or two minutes or three minutes, whatever it is that you decide, the shorter the better, better by the way, they have to get in, they have to very quickly come up with their ideas, they have to organize them, and then you give them, when you're doing the breakout sessions in Zoom, it gives like a 59 second countdown, so it lets them know that the clock is ticking, so they have to come up with something, they have to get somebody to be able to, to present to the entire group, so then when you come back to the big meeting, now you, you're giving a new person some FaceTime. So maybe somebody that doesn't get a chance to speak in the meetings a lot, uh, it doesn't get a whole lot of, of FaceTime in front of the big group. Now he or she is getting a chance to give their report to the entire the company or the entire department or whatever it is. 
makes it real easy for you to start to build that next generation of leaders as you're doing these types of meetings. Now, that's just one idea, by the way. So you can get really creative with the use of breakout rooms, and, and it's a really effective way to get people to interact more effectively. So the fifth thing that you can do is use some collaborative cloud applications to make your meeting more interesting. Don't let that word throw you off. Collaborative cloud apps. It's things like Google Drive and Google Docs and iCloud and whatever all the other ones are. You know, I mean, there's tons of them out there. But it basically, these are documents that are shared on the internet so that everybody can access the same document at one time. Uh, like, for instance, we use Google Drive, we use Google Docs, Google Sheets, and, and we use them constantly, by the way, in our Zoom meetings. Um, but any collaborative to, tools will, will work. All you really have to do is share your screen and show that tool, show your Google Doc or Google Sheets to the group. For instance, you can set up a simple spreadsheet for the weekly sales revenue. And then while you're on the Zoom meeting, you can have each one of the sales reps that are on the Zoom meeting with you enter his or her sales number while the while the meeting's going on. So how many how many leads did you follow up on? How many did you close? What was the revenue? They can actually enter that in as the the meeting is going on. So and since it's in real time and since um, everybody in the group can kind of see as each one of the sales reps kind of put something in, um, it gives the, the sales manager they, that he or she can give positive comments as those new additions are made, you know, give them some accolades and, and that kind of thing. By the way, you could use PowerPoint or Google Slides as a storyboard. Um, participants can enter their ideas through a brainstorming session by accessing, accessing the document on their own computer. And then as they add ideas to the storyboard, the entire group gets to see all of the new ideas that are on there. So these collaborative tools, these cloud-based tools are very helpful to, to get more of a visual sense of shared ideas with your, with your group. And it works really, really well. So tip number six is that you want to open the Zoom whiteboard from time to time. So this is, this is probably, it's a great tool that almost no one ever uses. It's built into Zoom and it's the Zoom whiteboard. The cool thing about the whiteboard is that the participants can alter it without ever leaving Zoom. So if you're using slides or PowerPoint or Google Docs or any of those kind of things, then if you're using that as a storyboard, for instance, then um, the meeting participants now have to open up that application. They have to open up a web browser with that document in it. With the whiteboard, they just stay in Zoom the whole time. So, and especially if you have a touchscreen computer, this tool is cool. This, it's pretty awesome because you can, you can share your, your screen in Zoom, select the whiteboard, and then start drawing on your screen. And by the way, if you don't have a touchscreen on your computer, just log on. You can log on a second time to the, the same meeting on your iPhone or tablet or something like that. And you can use that as a touchscreen since, since all of the smartphones are touchscreen. And it makes it to where you can just actually just draw on the screen of your phone and it shows up on your computer screen. So it's, really, it's a really cool um, showing something on the screen from time to time. It breaks up the monologue. It, it gives your participants something else to focus on. Um, and by the way, you can also use this as a way to, to pull the group without forcing their choices. A lot of people are big believers in the, in the poll feature on Zoom. I hate it, by the way. The reason why is because 
it's multiple choice. I mean, you have to, if you're going to do a poll, you only, you only give them like, you know, four or five different answers and, and then you're forcing them to choose one of those four or five different things. And th so the example I like to use or the analogy I like to use is like, okay, what's the best type of car out there? Um, and then you get, and then was it Mercedes or Cadillac or Honda or Toyota or Ford? And a lot of people are going, man, I don't like any of those choices. <laughs> I wouldn't pick, that's not, man, what about, you know, some of the choice that I wanted wasn't even in there. So if you're doing a poll, you're going to get a little, it's not really pushback, but you're not, you're not um, creating the type of interaction that, that you could if you do a more open-ended question. So if you, if you're using the whiteboard though, you can ask an open-ended question, and then when when folks give you an answer, you can you can type that in, or you can just write it in with your finger on the whiteboard, and keep track of the of the ideas that are coming up, and they're spontaneous, and people see their own words up there, and their ideas are being shared. So, it's a much more effective way to get um, to get more effective results, or or to pull ideas or or thoughts from your from your group and get them to interact with you. So the last tip is that you want you can do something fun. You can you can add a game. You can make you can do something that adds more fun to the meeting. Like sometimes you just have to you just have to to break away from the normal meeting and just do something that you've never done before just to make it more interesting and make it more fun. So you can there are really cool versions of Jeopardy and Family Feud templates that that are in PowerPoint. That you can you can download them a lot of them are free you just download them and you can actually create your own little family feud game or jeopardy game they're easy to set up if you download the right template and and from my personal experience anyway i find that the family feud game is the easiest to deliver via zoom um just because you know if you're doing jeopardy and you've got 20 people on on the call you know, even if you divide them up into teams, it's kind of hard for to get 20 people to answer at the same time, you know, so that, that, that's kind of hard. However, if you do a, a family feud and you have 20 people and 20 people may be a little big, but let's say you got 10 people, you can put five people on one team, five people on another and um, and have them compete with each other on, in a family feud, feud type game and it'll work a whole lot better. If you it, to do the the way that I like to do it, by the way, is I typically create three different games um, for that have you know the the top five answer question or the top seven answer question. For instance, uh, a question might be, "What were the top five industries that we sold to last year?" Or maybe, um, "What were the five most popular words that appeared in customer reviews for our product last year?" So, it, and it could be anything. By the way, I mean I've done. I've done sessions just for fun that weren't really teaching um, where we made up questions like um, top five things that you love to eat, but you absolutely do not know what's in it. <laughs> you know, so, you know, so any, so any question will, will do, but if you're trying to reinforce something, you know, if you're trying to reinforce something related to the company or your teaching or training or something like that, then picking questions like that works a little bit better. So once you divide the, divide the group up into two teams, you just kind of flip a coin to see which one is going to go first. Give the winning team the option to either play or pass, just like they did on the old Family Feud game show. If they decide to play, though, you send them to a breakout room for typically about two minutes or less to come up with the, the team answer. So after you've asked the question, they get a couple of minutes to go into their to their team, and then they get to 
organize the answers. Uh, you, you just have to make sure that, that when they list the answers, they list them in order from the most popular to the least popular. And then the playing team gets to give those answers until they get three strikes. So the other team that's watching gets a chance to steal if the first team gets three strikes and, and then they can uncover just one of the remaining answers. So the, it's a fun way to add some interest. It doesn't take very long to, to play a game. And if you're doing, you know, if you've done 10 really boring, crappy Zoom meetings, it's a it's a respite for a lot of your folks. So it's a good way to kind of give them a chance to say, hey, thanks for sticking through some of those not so good meetings that we've done in the past month. Um, let's just have some fun on, on this one. So you, the key thing you want to do is get creative and make your Zoom meetings, just make them more fun, make them more interesting. The, the most important part is that online meetings are really similar to in-person meetings, meaning that the more that the leader talks, um, the more that the participants will hate it. <laughs> so if you, if you make your Zoom meetings more interactive, you get the participants talking, then it's going to make it more interesting for them as well. Thanks a lot for being a part of the Fearless Presentations podcast. We'll see you next week. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.